0: like to welcome you here this morning, it's great to see all of you, if we could just maybe find our way back to our, our uh, place, just while you're doing that, just another quick announcement that um, didn't come through earlier uh, in regards to the seniors, a meeting uh, on Thursday at 1 o'clock, one thirty, in the cafe, did I get that right? So Thursday, 1.30 in the cafe, uh, seniors, seniors are Meeting. And just while we're on the subject of um, seniors, uh, just this is, this is a... Oh, sorry, my name's Steve, for those of you who don't know me. Um, uh, I get the privilege and the opportunity to be able to share something from Scripture this morning that I trust will encourage you, and so, um, uh, so yeah, hold on. It's 11 o'clock. Okay, so um, just in regards to that, I just wanted to share something uh, uh, about um, this house. Is that okay? So uh, Noni and I get the privilege of being able to uh, travel uh, to various parts of Australia and beyond uh, to work and encourage uh, leaders uh, in in various different different situations and. And uh, I don't know about you, but uh, there's been a sort of an event over the last couple of years. You may have heard of it. Uh, that that has sort of stifled uh, our capacity to be able to do various different things. And uh, and one of the things I've discovered is is been it's been a real challenge for people in in life uh, and in health and in mental health and all sorts of things that have been affected by this event. And one of the things that we have noticed is that uh, church leaders in particular have uh, had a significantly difficult time, uh, certainly ones that we've, we've uh, been engaged with. And, and uh, it's been a privilege to be able to go and just to be able to go and stand with people, leaders of churches, leaders in other capacities, and just to be able to go and encourage and support them. All right, And so that's a privilege that we get to do. But I will say that the the, uh, the ability to be able to do that really extends from being engaged in a family like this church. And people often ask us, what is it about harvest? Why did you decide to go there? And why did you settle there? And there are a number of factors. One is the presence of God. One is the similar heartbeat in regards to um uh, uh, things of, of God, things of the Holy Spirit, those sort of things and and you can find many of those things in, 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 in many churches, but the thing that probably really engaged us the most was stability and longevity. And I just want to commend uh, you people because there are people who have been in this church longer, almost longer than I've been alive. Um, and and uh, you you folk, uh, are, are amazing, and and you bring something to the to the family of God, probably without even knowing it. You probably take it for granted that your stability, your longevity, your passion for Jesus over decades, is a is a platform and an environment which empowers uh, us and particularly young people to be able to use their ex- exuberant energy and enthusiasm to be able to do all those sort of things. What they they and I go here because the youth apparently always sit on this side um, and has been for 30 years apparently um, anyway but uh, uh, there is something that you bring um, that's that's that brings that brings a, a culture and an environment to be able to release people into their destiny and I just want to commend you for that because um, you know you, you might just take it for granted but please don't because we recognize what it is to be in a stable environment when we're involved in situations which are not so stable. And and it has been a tough season. Let me me just say that without going into the details. Uh, We have had had to deal with all sorts of challenges in people's lives and um, it's just been a privilege to be able to come from a base like this. So I just want to thank you for that. So give yourself a clap. All right. If you have your Bibles with you, please turn with me to the book of Mark. That's the second book in the New Testament, chapter nine, and we're going to read some things, and I'm going to make some notes, uh, some points. Uh, in a minute, that was the pre-preach, by the way. That's not included in the preach. All right. Uh, so my twenty odd minutes um, is not included in that. I was going to say it's like pre-drinks for. Pre, pre, pre-drinks are not included in real drinks. The, the breathalyzer might say otherwise, but anyway. Um, sorry, just trying to get my watch. I don't know why I said that, but anyway. Um, okay, we're starting. Okay, um, so I'm going to go through this and then um, I'm going to give you your homework and then I'm going to pray and then we're going we're to pray for, for the sick. Is that okay? All right. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm a little bit sick and tired about people being sick and tired. And uh, we, we sing a lot of songs about healing and that sort of stuff and miracles. And, and uh, I can't do that without at least giving God an opportunity to, to produce that. So is that okay? So part of today is I want to stir your faith uh, with expectation to see God doing something miraculous. All right. Now that's putting it out there. All right. But I've been doing this long enough to have at least some confidence. uh, i got greater confidence in in God's ability. i got a little bit of confidence in in our ability to be able to see something that will transform. Um, In the last couple of times I've preached here, which has been been a privilege, um, I've been on my best behavior. I sort of feel a little bit more comfortable now. (laughs) Uh, So, so just go with me. And if I get a little bit intense, that's not at you. All right. That's just wanting to encourage you. Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, it says we should consider ways how we should spur one another onwards towards love and good deeds. And this is one way I know how to do that, to spur you on to whatever it is that God wants to do. In and through your life, so there is a little bit of homework. I know you've come to church; it's not school, and you're going. I want to but part of my one of my jobs is I'm a trainer and an assessor. I do training, and and so we. I, I'm sort of, and Jenny's going to uh, monitor me and tick me off and see if I do a good job. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so, so, um, while you're turning there, I'm just going to I'm just going to read read this passage of scripture out of Mark 8, which is right next door. And it says, Disciples have forgotten to bring bread except the one loaf they had with them in the boat. Be careful, Jesus warned them. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. They discussed with one another and said, It's because we have no bread. Um, Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked them, Why are you talking about bread? Uh, Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear and don't you remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000 how many basketfuls of of pieces did you pick up? 12 they replied Jesus went good answer and then I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000 how many baskets of pieces did you pick up? And they answered seven Uh, and he said to them do you still not understand? So the premise for my Preach this morning is for every earthly challenge that we face, there is a kingdom response. Okay, and I want to encourage you this morning because we've been talking about over the last few weeks, particularly about going to the next level. Karen uh, was talking about that. Marty's been talking about multiplication using the phrase "10x" or "10 times." Um, there's there's something that God wants to capture our attention, where we uh, look at circumstances through different lenses. And I know many of you have done this in the past or are currently do that. I want to encourage you, but I want to spur you on towards love and good deeds in a way that you would actually put out your faith to see even greater measure of that happening uh, uh, in your life. In the book of Ephesians, Paul prays a great prayer where it says, says, um, I'm asking God to do immeasurably more than you can ask, think or even imagine according to His great power which is within you. And I just want to capture that theme this morning so that so that when you go from this place and as you as you think about some of the things that I'm going to say, you're not going to remember everything. I'm so that's why I'm going to take it out of a context of, of, a, of a passage of scripture that you can go back to it and go, okay, God, what are you highlighting to me in my life so that I can be more effective in this ministry? And it could be. Uh, ministry, it could, be, it could be your workplace, it could be your uh, opportunities in your university, in your school, in the supermarket, wherever it is you that you go. One of my great mantras if i 'm allowed to have a mantra in church, is that okay? is uh, Jesus says to the disciples, after he 's given them authority in Matthew chapter 10, verse seven and eight, he says, Now as you go, not when you go to church, but as you go." Uh, preach that the kingdom of heaven is at hand, which means it's available, it's accessible. And then he says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, and cast out demons, and freely if you receive, freely give. So that was his instruction. Now that to me is a special verse um, that was made even more special once when I was here, uh, prior to being involved in your wonderful family. Um, I was in your family, but just not based here, uh, and, and I stood around about where that barrel is at the back there, and there was a gentleman by the name of John Arnott from Toronto who was ministering, and it was a pastor's conference, and and uh, like always, they, they have a ministry time at the end, and like always, we all line up, and like always, everybody falls over on the ground except me. <laughs> and and I, I, I so I just stepped back, and... Um, uh, what happened was profound for me was, was that I felt this grab on my shirt. And I don't know whether you've seen John Arnaud. He's a big bloke. And, and, and he's just such a dad, such a father. And he grabbed me by the front of the shirt and he pulled me forward. And he buried my head in his armpit, which was fine. Um, <laughs> and he said, he, did, he just said, you will heal the sick. You will raise the dead. You will cleanse lepers. And you will cast out demons. Then I fell on the ground. (laughs) Not because of the power of God, because I was just undone by by what God was doing. And So so my premise this morning is um, that we are um, created to be influencers in the environment that God has given us. And for every earthly situation, you can either try and respond to it in your natural uh, capacity. And sometimes that's appropriate. Turning up for work early, all those sort of things. But sometimes there's going to be a supernatural response that's required. Alright, and Jesus saying, saying, Do you not understand? You know, there was a situation, it required a kingdom response. And in every situation that we step into, we can choose to either get frustrated or whatever, or we can stand back and go, okay, okay, God, what is it that you want me to do in this circumstance, in this situation to be able to see your kingdom revealed to be able to bring power into that? All right, and then we're going to pray. I'm going to pray for a couple of things, and then I'm going to ask. I'll dismiss the meeting if people want to go and have coffee. That's fine. But we are going to have an opportunity to be able to pray for the sick at the end. Is that okay? All right, so let me just read this. So it says, because haven't got a lot of time, um, it says... Uh, in Mark chapter 9 now, reading from verse 14. Uh, they'd been up on the uh, Mount Transfiguration and some events had happened there. And it says, When they came to the disciples, they saw a large crowd around them, the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed and ran uh, to greet him, with wonder and ran to greet him. And then Jesus says, um, What were you arguing about? Because uh, the disciples were, teach- were arguing with the teachers of the law. I don't know about you, but in this last couple of years, uh, I've had the situation where I've been somewhat distracted because of the events that have been going on. Anybody feel the same? All right, there's been some challenge over the last couple of years with with lockdowns and everything else and all that sort of stuff. And so there's been some distractions. And one thing I know about the enemy, because there is an enemy, if you're not aware, Uh, is is He'll try and do a number of things to try and limit us from being the people who bring the kingdom into our environment, okay? Um, One way is He'll try to deceive us. Another way is He'll try to discourage us. And if He can't do that, then He'll try to distract us. And so one of the things I've discovered is that through the last season, there's been a lot of distractions that have come about, uh, which we've taken our focus off of what God wants to do through us, and causes us to focus on things which probably, you know, they're, they're, it's good to know about some of this stuff. But, but it's, it's important for us to go, okay, well, that's happening, yeah. But I don't need to go to the internet for my answers. I don't need to go to the television screen for my answers. I need to go to God for my answers. The Bible says in James chapter 1, verse 5, If any man lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously without finding fault. And can I just encourage you that, um, and this is what I'm talking about. My message is actually called "Keep the Main Thing the Main Thing." All right, and it's about helping us to uh, align our understanding and our and our operation to something where we can see the kingdom come, not just good ideas. All right, I I I I just feel that this is you know something that's really important for us at this time. If we want to go to the next level, if we want to multiply it's going to require a different response, all right? And as I said, that could be your workplace, that could be whatever it is. And sometimes you're distracted because of pressures or finance or health or all those sort of things. And I understand that because I've been in that situation many times and still am. But I've got to step back from the circumstances and go, God, what is your kingdom response in this time? Amen? All right, you with me? Am I preaching to the right people? Cool, thank you very much. All right, um... Okay, so let's just continue on because that's the premise, keeping focus. And there's a couple of things I'd like to just talk about. There's five points in how we can do that. So let's look at the life of Jesus. He's a good bloke. He knows what he's doing. Um, so let's look at him for a model. All right, so he asked them, what are you arguing about? Because they'd lost focus. A man in the crowd, teacher, I brought my son who is possessed by a spirit. Are we allowed to talk about spirits? Is that Okay. Um, uh, Whenever it sees him, it robs him uh, and throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashing his teeth and becomes rigid. Not a great sight. Uh, I asked your disciples to drive it out and they could not. Jesus, of course, was lovingly and said, don't worry, guys. It's okay. I'm Jesus. I'm here. Um, I'll sort it out for you. You just go off and play. No, that's not what he did. What he did was he said, Oh, unbelieving generation. In in the Gospel of Luke, in the same account, he says, Oh, unbelieving and perverted generation. That's a bit harsh. I don't know about you, but you know you had to go. Couldn't cast the demon out. Jesus didn't come and encourage you. He called you a perverted generation. Um, what was Jesus doing? I think it was the most gracious thing that Jesus could do in their life because he was training them to be ruthless with Areas that bring unbelief. And he knew that they were distracted. They were arguing with the teachers of the law when he'd specifically told them, don't engage with that nonsense. Focus on the kingdom response that is required. Amen. And so um, Jesus, if Jesus hadn't talked to his disciples and encouraged them, he did it on a platform of love. He'd loved them over how many years. He'd, 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 he'd been with them. So there was, it wasn't just turning up somebody unannounced. You know, there was a platform and, of, of understanding. And, and if Jesus hadn't done that, would Thomas and Bartholomew have, have, have ministered all the way and ended up in the south of India? I don't know. But Jesus did something to them so that they can then go beyond the natural opportunities they had. And if they want to go, if we want to go to the next level, we need to be a people that's ruthless with things that, are go, that bring us into unbelief. Amen. Whatever your distractions are, this is part of your homework, is to go home and go, God, what is distracting me from the things that you want me to do? Have I been trying to do this life in my own natural ability? And is there a way that I can make some changes so that I can be more effective in what you've called me to do? Because every single person in this room has a calling of God on their life. Do you believe that? All right. If you don't, I trust you will by the end of this message. And God wants to illuminate things in your life to bring you into a place of a greater level of effectiveness. Not to work harder, but to work with Him smarter and more effectively. Amen. So we'll continue on. So the first thing is deal ruthlessly with things that produce unbelief. I limit my time in what I look at the internet because I cannot spend my life looking at that stuff because it doesn't bring faith. I think it was Zig Ziglar who said, I read the Bible in the newspaper every single day of the week because I want to know what both sides are doing. You know, and, and, and there's not a lot of stuff on there that brings us encouragement. There's a lot of stuff that discourages us. And so we have to draw back and limit. Uh, you know, I always say to people, uh, audit what you put in and audit what comes out how much of your language is negative and how much of your language is kingdom. Being real, we need to talk about some things, but does it consume our life or are we consumed by the answers that God can give us? Amen. All right. It's gone very quiet, but anyway. (laughs) Next point. Jesus says, um, so yeah, so deal ruthlessly. I talk to the television set. Do you talk to your TV? Gee, the television set's full of a lot of nonsense, especially advertising. I used to be in marketing. I understand how they work. And when they say 25 people out of every seven is going to die from some hideous disease unless you take this particular pill, I stand up and I say, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. I'm not going to come under your nonsense. (laughs) Deal ruthlessly with things that bring unbelief. Amen? All right, next thing. Jesus says, bring the boy to me. Next point is get involved, all right? You have an opportunity. You can either shy away or you can get involved. I don't know about you, I like to get involved. I've discovered I'm a dragon slayer. What's a dragon slayer? They slay dragons. And when there's no dragons to slay, we get upset and depressed. And so I'm looking for dragons to slay, and in my life that is people who are suffering from sickness or people who are discouraged or people who need to find a way to be able to do things better. And so that's when I can step in and say politely, would you like some assistance in that matter and hopefully have an opportunity to be able to influence people's lives? Because I like to do stuff. Don't about you. I would be very bored if I couldn't do stuff. And so we want to do that. Here's a quick survey. Raise your hand if you know the names of your parents <laughs> right, Maybe just put your hand there for a second Raise your hand if you're not going to put your hand up for anything Alright, Raise your hands if you know the names of your parents Alright, that's most of you Leave your hand up if you know the names of your grandparents Alright, that's pretty much the predominantly a lot of you Re- Leave your hand up if you know the names of your great-grandparents Alright So either you're great historians, or you spend way too much time on (laughs) Ancestry.com. But what I've discovered is this. In three or four generations, no one will know my name. Now, that's either gonna depress you, or if you're like me, that's gonna inspire you to have a go, because in four generations, if I mess it up, no one's gonna know. (laughs) Unless you do... (laughs) Unless you do something really stupid or something really amazing, no one's one's going to know. So we get one chance at this opportunity. I remember a friend of mine, Tony Rainbow from out north, preached a message called Have a Go, Your Mug, (laughs) which is a very Australian saying, um, but it's true. We get an opportunity to live a life which transcends our capacity and sometimes we'll make mistakes. Anybody made a mistake? Alright, so I'm in good company. I've made plenty. Um, but but occasionally things work and that's exciting. True. Alright, so have a go. Get involved. Jesus always took an opportunity to get involved. How's my timer going? Okay. Alright. Um, the next point is when he, the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into convulsion. He fell on the ground, rolled about, foaming at the mouth. Jesus said, how long has he been like this? From childhood, um, it often throws him into the fire and the water to kill him. But if you can, take pity on us and help us. Jesus says, if you can, Whew. everything is impossible to him who believes. I think one of the greatest attacks on the church is the area of, of belief. And I believe that God wants to bring us into a greater level of faith than ever before. Because why? Because we need it. Yeah. And there are some wonderful keys in Scripture in regards to faith. Faith is this commodity, it's this weird thing, that, that you can have great faith and little faith and big faith and small faith and, and, um, and, and all this. So, so it's something that can actually, um, it's, it's got a, um, what's the word, an attribute to it, Okay. It's not like grace. Grace has just been given. You can't do anything with grace. It's there. It's like air. You, can't, you can pollute it. You can pollute grace, but you can't do anything with grace because God has poured it out in its entirety. Um, 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 3 says, says, By His divine power, He has given us all we need for life and godliness. And so it has already been made available to us. It's how we access those things that, that enables us to be able to be who God has created us to be. Amen. And so Paul didn't come and say, "Say, I long, Thessalonians chapter 4, I think it is, where he says, I long to come and see you. He didn't say, I want to add knowledge to you. Or didn't say, I want to add doctrine to you, as good as those things. Or I, I want to do this. He said, I want to come and add to you what is lacking in the area of your faith. And Paul's uh, desperation, uh, because he was, he was held back from them, was to get in because he wanted to encourage people in their faith and stir their faith. And so this is one of the things that God wants to do. And it's been a great attack on the church in the area of our faith. And so I trust that you there are, there are ways that we can do that. We can activate faith. Faith comes by Hearing and hearing by the word of God, um, we can stir our faith through 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 prayer. We can stir our uh, faith through through worship. There's my timer. Stop. All right, and um, and and so so there are things that we can do to, to generate uh, us to be in a greater place position of faith, so that we can see things happen through our lives. Amen. Because every earthly situation has a kingdom response as i said that may be a very natural response operating in the gift that god has given us or it can be a supernatural response like multiplication of baskets of food amen never done that that would be actually awesome we should try that love sometime but that'd be good fun all right um so it says uh everything is impossible for him who believes all right and so immediately the boy's father exclaimed what did i say Everything is possible. Sorry. Thank you, for, uh, uh, thank you for correcting me. I appreciate that. All right. Thank you, Jenny. Did you note that one down in the back? All right. Everything is possible for him who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. So faith was activated. Help me overcome my unbelief. I say that all the time. When Jesus saw the crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the evil spirit. You deaf and mute spirit commanded you to come out. Never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently, and he came out. The boy looked like a corpse, um, and many said he's dead, but Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he stood up. All right, so um, that is uh, that, was, that was his response uh, to the area of faith. The last story I want to tell you, or the last point, um, sorry that was that was him exercising authority. I was going to go into that haven't got time maybe I'll get a chance to do that at another stage but the last last one is I, I, I'd like to share a, a story which I trust will be of benefit to you because Jesus uh, says a little bit further on when they'd gone in, indoors the disciples quite rightly said why couldn't we drive it out And Jesus said this time of uh, can only come out through prayer uh, I'm reading from the NIV but in other translations so that comes out through prayer and fasting. Uh, but I was not interested to note that Jesus didn't pray or fast when he cast the demon out. So my story is this um, and, I, and I'll finish with that maybe um, the music team uh, can, can come because I'd just like to just just sing that chorus about make me a vessel. Is that okay? Um, make me an offering. make me whatever you want me to be. that's, that's my heart's cry. Yeah. Yeah, just, just use me. do, do, do whatever you want to do. I've been around long enough. I had the opportunity to do all sorts of stuff. And as I've said, I still don't know what I want to do when I grow up. Um, but, but, uh, but God, I've learned that if you just walk in whatever, through circumstances and challenges, and I've had plenty, uh, uh, with, with, in the way that God wants you to walk, then what you do is you find ways to be able to achieve the things that God wants you to achieve. So the story goes like this. I was asked to go and spend some time in uh, an area of Indonesia to go and be involved in a conference. And uh, part of it was on an island called Nias Island. I don't know whether anybody's heard of it. Anybody who surfs would have heard of it. It just happens to have one of the best surf spots in the world. So I felt very strongly called there by Jesus <laughs> to go. And um, and normally what we do is we fly Adelaide to Singapore, Singapore to Medan, and then we fly into Nias and, and then go down there. And because... Uh, through financial restrictions uh, we were saying god what are we how are we going to do that and then the money came in and it was the weekend i was actually going to fly and so so i booked my flight so i couldn't get flights into singapore but um and so i did the the milk run uh, which is which was adelaide perth perth bali had to stop in bali have a surf got up in the morning had a surf then flew to jakarta jakarta to medan sorry this way for you uh, and, then, and then overnight there, met with some friends of mine, and then we flew to Nias, and then we drove down to Tuluk Dalam, or uh, Pantai Saraki, which is the area that we went to. And um, we got there, and my mate said to me, what are we doing today? I said, we're surfing, nothing on today, we're just going to relax, and then tomorrow we've got some meetings, uh, which we're going to do in the evening um, for this church I know. And so we're sitting there, and so I've had a surf, uh, and I'm sitting there in my lostman, which overlooks the water, it's an amazing place, and I've had, um, excuse me for this, but I'd had half a Bintang, and I'd also had half a Nazigurang, and my phone rings, and it's my friend uh, who's a pastor there, and um, he rings me, and, and uh, uh, so I answer the phone, um, uh, uh, and, and he informs me that he's 20 minutes away to pick me up for the meeting. So I'm in my board shorts, I've had half a beer, and I've also had half a Nazi gurang. And I normally try to prepare myself for meetings like this a little bit better than that. And so he, he said, um, we'll be 20 minutes. And I said, no, you, you, what, what for? He said, the meeting. I said, no, the meeting's Tuesday. He said, it's Tuesday. And so somewhere I lost a day in all of the travel and, and uh, wasn't ready. Anyway, I said to my mates, um, I'm, I'm gonna go to the meeting. Uh, Pete, my mate, he said, "I'm coming with you." So we quickly left our stuff, got prayed, you know, um, and then and went to the meeting. The meeting was to leaders. There's about 15, 12, 15 people there. Preached my heart out. Um, Abaja, who doesn't know English very well, was my. I said, "Who's the interpreter?" He said, "I will do that. He can't speak English." Anyway, um, I preached. I don't know what he preached. Must have been great. Uh, and then and then I said, "Okay, now what we're going to do is we're going to pray for the sick." And uh, everyone in the room got up and left. And I went, okay, I've offended everybody. And I said, what are we doing? And he said, just wait. They went out and brought the village back. And because they honestly couldn't have cared less what I had to say. Because a year beforehand, we'd prayed for a few people and they got healed. And so when they heard that we were coming, they, they got the, 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 the village organised. They didn't want to go to the leaders' meetings, but they did want to get prayer for healing. And so here I was with my preparation of half a Nazigurang and half Bintang, a couple of quick prayers. And, and um, the first lady that came to me was blind in her left eye. And I went, are you serious? Can't I start with a headache? And to my amazement and delight, when I laid my hands on her, her eye, immediately she was able to see. Yeah. My mate, who was with me, goes, oh, that's easy. <laughs> he gets a guy standing next to him, hearing hear, deaf in one ear, I think it was the right ear, and uh, lays hands on him and immediately his, hear, his hearing is, is uh, his ears open, he's able to hear And it just went on like that for the rest of the evening. All right. Now, not all of those, my life has been like that. That was an exception. Um, But I'm believing that today we will see something of that. But what I realised was how we operate comes out of how we prepare. So Jesus didn't fast or pray because He lived a lifestyle of fasting and praying. And in the environment that we go into, whatever it is that we're called to do, that as we train and equip ourselves and we prepare ourselves whenever we go to work, whenever we go to the supermarket, whenever we go to uni, whenever we go to a school, whenever we go into whatever situation you have a sphere of influence into, as you prepare yourself before going into those situations, then God will highlight things that will enable you to be able to operate in your gift. Is that okay? And so I want to encourage you this morning that as we sing this song, Make Me a Vessel, Make Me an Offering, that if, if you've maybe been distracted this morning, or not this over this last period of time, through whatever reason, whatever it is, and you don't feel that you have positioned yourself to go to the next level, which is what God's saying to us, amen? Do you believe that? Because that's what God wants to do. Then now some of you may already be doing this, and that's fantastic. I want to applaud you and say go for it, but go for it even more. Yeah. Uh, but I'd, what I'd like to do is I'd like to invite you to 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 uh, not now, but when at the end of this 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 song, just say God, is there something that you're stirring me about uh, that I actually need to do? And then I'd like you to do a response. Um, I I think it's helpful to make a a. A, a physical response to a decision made internally. It's like some people who got baptized last week. Yeah? That was a physical public declaration of a decision that they'd already made. It's a bit like a wedding. All right? What is, what's, a, what's a wedding? Wedding is a public announcement to God and to all these witnesses here present that we're going to get married. Why? Because we need God's help and we need your help. Yeah. True? Yeah. That's, uh, if you didn't, yeah. if those of you who got married and didn't realise that, that's what you did. <laughs> uh, you're crying out going, I'm going to need God's help because you're dying to individuality. You're dying to self centeredness You're dying to a selfish lifestyle when you do that. Same as when you get baptised. It's a public declaration of a decision that you've already made which says, God, I want to serve you. I don't want to live this life just in my own natural ability. I want to live my life with a kingdom response to every earthly situation that comes about. Amen? And that's what what, what we do. And so this morning, I just want to encourage you, whatever it is, maybe you can stand, maybe you come out the front, and I'm going to make a declaration over you as well.